Welcome to the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My name is Will Franz, and I'm here to help you go farther, faster, and longer without injuries, gut problems, or giving up your favorite foods. This episode is actually going to be a little different from the normal ESR episode. Instead of breaking down a concept about training or nutrition, I'll actually be talking to Brianna Santos, a runner who recently won a fifth place female at the American River 50. She's a great athlete and an all-around wonderful human, and we discuss her performance, training, and her experience at some recent races. As you'll learn, I do work with Brianna on her nutrition, but that's only part of what we are going to cover in this interview. We dive deep into everything from training to pacing to weird encounters on the trails. Also, I conducted this interview over Zoom and was not aware of some recent policy changes, at least recent to me. So just before the 18 minute mark, you're going to hear a terrible edit. We ran out of time and had to splice it together after we reset the Zoom. It does not affect the interview in any meaningful way, but it's definitely noticeable, and I wanted to mention it. All right, that's enough of this intro. Let's get on with the interview. Hey everyone, welcome to the second interview on the Eat Well, Sleep Great, Run Far podcast. My guest today is Brianna Santos. She is fairly new to the ultra running world, but she's been crushing it. She's been breaking kind of all expectations, including her own. And she recently appeared on the Running for Op- Running on Optimism podcast that may or may not be out, but keep an eye on that if you want more of Brianna. Back near Thanksgiving, she and I connected and started working together on her nutrition so she could train for the way too cool 50K and the American River 50 miler. And while I really want to dive into that, I'd like to start with something a little more interesting, at least to me, horses. Can you tell me a little bit about your experience with horses during the AR50? <laughs> I was like horses. I have no experience with horses. Oh, um, yeah. So I got attacked by a horse that like, I think it was like mile 37, 38. I was at that point, you know, like you're kind of tired. And I was just like, man, this race is kind of going on. And, um, I was coming up a trail point and the horse was coming down and my pacer called out that there was runners coming and my pacer was in front of me. So the guy guided his horse to the side, my pacer passed. And then when it went to go be my turn to pass, the horse said, absolutely not. And pushed itself across the trail into me. Um, and then got really angry and started stomping its feet and, um, the rider couldn't get control of the horse. And he was just like apologizing and he was trying to get the horse to get out of the middle of the trail. And like I said, later on, when I thought about it, when I was in my right mind, I was like, that was pretty scary. And that was a massive horse that was on top of me. I probably should have been scared. But my only thing was like, Hey, I am in the middle of the race. I am on a time clock. I got to go. You need to get out my way. And I actually like scrambled around the horse, like by hanging onto a tree on the side of the trail. And at that point, then I was like, all right, the adrenaline's up. I'm awake. Let's go. Let's just, let's rock it. Let's, let's move on. And I just like (laughs) took off from that point. And um, then later on, when I thought about it, I was like, oh, dang, that could have gone, Uh, that could have gone badly. (laughs) That could have gone badly. I feel like that's the exact thing you want 37 miles into a 50 mile race is like having to fight a multi hundred pound creature. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my adrenaline was going and I was like, and that's when I kind of was like, I, I kind of was like put my blinders on and I was like, all right, let's go. Because I knew when I hit that 40 mile aid station, that that was kind of going to be like my, like my go point. 
Sure. which my coach had kind of said, you know, up until then you're having fun, you're enjoying your day, you're, all the work that you put in, you're cruising, you know, you're saving your legs. And then when you hit that 40 mile checkpoint right there is that's when I was dropping my pack. And that's when it felt like, okay, now I'm serious. And now it's racing time. And now's the time to try to pass people and push it to the finish. So and that kind of yeah. got me, that kind of got me ready for that, where I was like, okay, <laughs> ready to go <laughs> now. <laughs> I mean, you did a hell of a job. Like I, I'm, that's what I'm looking up over here. Cause I just wanted to make sure it was in my head, right? You got sub 10 hours and yeah. fifth female. Yeah. This is your first 50, right? Yeah. Hell yeah. So that in mind, let's bring it like way back. What got you into running in the first place? Like, how, how long have you been doing this? Did you run in high school? Like, how did this start? <laughs> so I never played a sport in my entire life. Um, not very athletic. Um, and I actually didn't play any sports growing up because I was worried they were going to make me run. Um, <laughs> and it's funny because like people that know me from high school, they're like amazed that I run because I was the kid who was barely passing PE um, because of the awesome. mile run. And I'd be like hiding behind the bushes. And so like when people would round the corner, then I'd pop out and pretend like I ran so I could finish my mile um, because I just hated running so much. I don't think I and knew then, that about you. Cause like people, yeah. like I notoriously hate running. Uh, I'm fine with endurance. I've gotten more into it now that I train athletes into it. I've gotten into it, but yeah. like pretty much when I started this was by accident. I hated running and all of my friends who know me are like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, how no, is no, this who no, you're training? No. <laughs> That's people awesome. Were like, what, what do you do now? What? And it was kind of just like in, in college, I started um, working out more. I was dating um, this guy at the time that was like a, like a bodybuilder, big weightlifter. So I would go to the gym with him and I started working out. Then I started working at the gym and I taught like cardio kickboxing classes and things like that still didn't run because I didn't enjoy it, but I was like, okay, I'll do other types of cardio. I'll do some weights, things like that. And then, um, when I got later on into college, I had like, um, a guy that lived by me that would go running in the morning. So I'd go, I started going with him, like maybe a couple of times a week, just like run like a mile or two, but not really consistently running. Wasn't my focus. It was more like, ah, it's just another form of cardio when I can't get to the gym or something like that. And, um, then I met my husband and we started having kids, a lot of kids, whole lot of kids. Um, <laughs> how many kids just for I, those who don't know, I have seven kids. Um, <laughs> seven kids, but, um, four of them are biological and we had them all back to back. They're 15 months apart. So I was just constantly like pregnant and then pregnant and then pregnant. And, um, so I, I kind of just stopped running or doing anything like that. Um, and then I started, we moved here to Travis air force base. I started going to the gym, still never running because I hate running. Why would I run? Um, but then um, my youngest daughter, when she was born, she was born with a ton of health issues. And so I couldn't go to the gym anymore because she couldn't go to the childcare because, you know, she had a feeding tube. She has a trach. She has oxygen. That's a little bit too complicated. And um, I just basically put all working out and everything on the back burner. And really, it kind of came back um, 2020. My husband left on deployment. And I thought, you know, kind of most typical military spouses, hey, well, my husband's gone. I'm going to work out and I'm going to get in shape and it's going to give me something to do, something to focus on. Um, but then I ended up, as everybody knows, the pandemic, and then all of my kids were home all of the time. And it was like, okay, any plans that I had to do anything now, all my children are here all the time. And 
I realized that I needed to get out of the house because I was doing workouts in the house, but I needed to get out of the house to get some me time to just kind of like decompress. And really the only way to do that was be like, I'm going to go for a run. And so I'd be like, I'm going to go for a run at night when they get into bed. And I'd go for a run or maybe in the morning, like if I had one of the nurses here, I'm going to like, Hey, I'm going to go for a run. So I'd be like, I'm just going to run like two miles. I go run two miles. I come back and I'm like, it's only been 20 minutes. That's not long enough. Oh my gosh. Like I still have things in my brain that I need to work out. I'm still stressed. That's not long enough. So then it became, okay, well, I'm going to go run four miles so I can have a little bit more time. Then it was like, that's not long enough. Um, and then it just kind of slowly progressed to where it was like, okay, I could run like 10 miles. Um, and I was really excited when I reached kind of like that, that point right there I was like, oh my gosh, I can run 10 miles. But then it was at that point that I went in to have surgery to get my ostomy. So then it was like, no, now I'm not running at all again. And I was so worried, like, man, I worked so hard to build up to 10 miles. Now I'm not running. So I started walking. So like in the hospital, as soon as I had surgery, I'm walking, um, walking, you know, I get home from the hospital, um, I'm walking and it was like, I could walk like to the end of the street and then I need to take a nap, but it was like, I'm walking it. And I worked up to where I was like walking nine miles a day. And I just have to split it up. Like I could walk three miles in the morning, then I'd have to come back, like maybe relax, rest. And then it was like, okay, after lunch, I can go walk another three miles. And these are very slow walking miles. Sure. And then it was like at night, then I could go walk another three miles, but it was just slowly progressing. And then I started trying to get back into my routine. Whereas I normally get up like at 4 a.m. and I would go run yeah. or whatever before my kids go to school. So I started going back into that routine. Like, okay, I can't run yet, but I'll get up at 4 a.m. and I'm going to go walk. And I'm going to go try to walk as many miles as I can in the amount of time that I have before I have to get back and get the kids ready for school. And Got then it. when I hit about six weeks after, which was January, 2021 is when I got clear to start running again. So that's when I kind of started seriously running. Whereas before it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to run because I need to get out of the house. And I didn't really care about pace or my time. Or, and I didn't really have any goals. Like I wasn't trying to like look at doing races or anything. I wouldn't even have called myself a runner or definitely not an athlete. But it was after that in January, 2021, where I was like, you know what, like I'm enjoying this. And you know, I, th I think I want to try to run a half marathon. That was my goal is I want to run a half marathon because my sister said, you know, I'm going to come out to California for Mother's Day and let's run a half marathon. And I thought, oh my gosh, there's no way I can finish a half marathon. I better start doing some training. So I started trying to train because I wasn't sure if I would finish that half marathon. Um, and this was Mother's Day 2021. And, and then I ran the half marathon and then I thought, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I could do that maybe I want to run a full marathon. And I thought that's insane. Nobody, I would never run a full marathon, but I thought, you know what, let me just try to train for one, but I won't actually commit to running, running one, but let me just try to train for one. Then of course, if you're training for something, eventually you're like, well, now I want to do it. Um, so then I ran my first marathon in um, August, Santa Rosa marathon of 2021. Yeah. And, and then from there, it was kind of like, I started like, um, getting these ultra goals, um, which I kind of had, before. I had before then, but I just hadn't vocalized them because I thought this is crazy. Nobody's going to believe that I want to do a 50 miler and I haven't even run a marathon. Um, yeah. because I kind of like am ultra obsessed. 
So I would like listen to podcasts about ultras. I was watching documentaries about ultras. I was reading books about people running ultras, never thinking that I could actually do that. But I just thought this is so cool and this is amazing. I love reading it. Like I was like, oh, reading Scott Jurek, Dean Karnassus things. I was like, wow, this is crazy. And I love reading these stories, but I never thought that I could do it. And then I read um, this lady named Janet's book who was like in her forties, never worked out at all and decided that she wanted to run the American River 50 and got a coach and worked from the ground up, like not running anything at all to running a 50 miler. And I thought, wow, I'm in better shape than her. (laughs) I already do more than that. I I can run that. And I was like, American River is right here in my backyard. You know, it's, it's right here. And this is this, this amazing race. And I, you know, I started reading more about it and I saw like, oh, Sally McRae, like that was like one of her first ultras was American River 50. And I just kind of became obsessed with AR50. And then I was in um, my local running store, Fleet Feet, um, one day getting new shoes. And I noticed that one of the people in the store had an AR50 shirt on. And I was like, who's that guy? And they were like, he's the head running coach. He runs the trail group here that's about to start. So I joined the trail group. Um, <laughs> Because I was like, well, I've never ran on a trail before. Um, and as he would tell you is I got lost like eight out of the nine runs. The only one I didn't, the only one I, I didn't get lost on was hill repeats because I'm really good at not getting lost on a hill repeat because you just do the same hill over and over. So mm-hmm. I was great at that. Um, and I just kind of just joined so I could just slowly pick his brain about it and learn more about the race and you know, the experience, but I never told anybody that I wanted to do that because again, I hadn't even run my first marathon. And then after I ran my first marathon, I thought, wow, that was a little bit harder than, (laughs) than I thought. (laughs) Um, it didn't quite go, (laughs) I was going to go, um, which is when I started talking with you as I was like, Hey, I have another marathon coming up. I don't want the same experience where is the last one where I was so worried that I was going to have a problem with my ostomy. I didn't eat anything during the entire time and you know the last mile I was considering you know jumping into the ditch and then (laughs) I was like and I had just had this whole conversation with myself where I was like you know I I can't quit because everybody is waiting for me to finish and I told everybody I was going to do this but if I fall into a ditch nobody's going to blame me that I didn't finish they'd be like Brianna didn't quit she fell into a ditch of course she didn't finish her marathon and I had this whole conversation with myself about jumping into the ditch and then that would be a good excuse to not finish um Obviously I didn't end up doing that. I ended up finishing, but I, I realized afterwards, like I'm, I might need to actually think about my nutrition and fueling, um, yeah. which I never considered before or hydrating. Cause I didn't know anything about that. I just kind of just went out and ran. I didn't eat anything. I didn't take food with me. I didn't pay yeah. attention to anything like that. If I was thirsty, I drank water when I got home and that was about it. And then as I started doing more reading and I thought, you know, I have really big goals, yeah. um, I need some help with that. And that's when I um, reached out to you and we started working together and um, we put together that fueling plan for CIM Mm -hmm. that I had in December, which went so much better. And I didn't even have a time goal for that, but it was like, I felt fantastic. I finished, I felt great. I recovered super quickly. And um, then it was at that point where I was like, okay, I'm going to start vocalizing some of these ultra goals. And that's when I had that, that tower torment challenge for my birthday for sure. And yeah. I mean, you yeah. crushed that marathon just to pause. Like that was for considering your previous experience, like savage improvement, right? And like, it's amazing what a little fuel can do. And then if you're looking at the tower, like explain that real quick also. Yeah. Um, um, 
and yeah, that, explain that tower really fast. So here locally, we have um, our trails. We have a pina adobe, and mm -hmm. we have the the tower, which it's a mile and a half up to the top of the tower, mile and a half back down. And, um, and it, it's not flat. Just to point, put that out. Yeah, <laughs> it's not. And you know, I'd hiked it many a times before, walked it with my kids, and I thought, well, that's not that bad. That's not a big deal. Never tried to run it. Um, and then, you know, some of my uh, running friends that I had made throughout my experiences since I started like running a little bit more, um, they put together this tower torment challenge and it happened to be a week before my birthday. And I was trying to think, how do I want to celebrate my birthday this year? I'm turning 34. That'd be really cool if I could run 34 miles. Um, and they put together this tower torment challenge, which is um, tower repeats. So you run up to the top of the tower and you run back down and it was 10, which 10 times would be a little bit over 8,000 feet of elevation. And it was about like 33 miles and some change. And I thought, well, if I, if I do that and then add like, you know, loop around the parking lot, that'd be 34 miles. Like no problem that I've probably never even ran like over 1500 feet of elevation before. And the longest I've ran a marathon, but you know, I want to, I want to do this and this is really cool. And also my friend had just run his first hundred, hundred miler and just crushed it like sub 22 hours was amazing. And I was super inspired by that. And he was working with this coach who I just total fangirl about because he's run all these hundred milers and like these, like, you know, iconic races that I'm like obsessed with. And I really wanted him to train me. And he didn't say no, but it was like, okay, she's run two marathons and she's talking about, she wants to run a 50 miler and she's never done anything like yep. this before. You know, I didn't really have like a, a resume or anything like that where it I had to show like, Hey, I'm actually serious about this. I'm not going to. Oh, yeah. And so I thought, okay, I have to finish this tower thing. And that'll, that'll prove to myself that I can do it and prove to him that I'm, I'm really serious about that. So I, I finished the tower thing. I got in my 34 miles, um, over 8,000 feet of elevation. It took me just under eight hours, um, which by the way, I'm going to do it again this year for my 35th birthday, obviously oh, yeah. 11 repeats. So I can get 35 miles and um, definitely going to do it quicker um, this year. Um, oh, yeah, you are. You're going to do it <laughs> Much quicker, awesome. but so I left, I left the tower thing. I came home and I immediately registered for AR50, like that awesome. night, like as I'm like hobbling home, I was like registration sent done it took a screenshot texted it to my to who's my now coach and i was like i'm serious i want this go look at my strava i just finished the tower thing this is this is what i want and he looked at it and he said okay all right your training plan we'll get started oh yeah and you crushed it for sure cool so oscar said it, oscar said he was going to take you on and like send you for ar50 and you were good to roll so I will say you are one of the few people who seems to like out of the box really appreciate the value for a coach. I mean, you have two, right? Like, yeah. um, why? Like, what made you do? I, I, I feel like, and I'm stealing this from someone, but is the head of uh, ITRA, the International Trail Running Association, and he said that ultra runners tend to be a bunch of wild stallions, and like <laughs> they feel the need to like. Run, run themselves crazy and learn things the hard way a lot of the time and like while I really respect that it has also led me and like athletes I coach to a lot of injuries in the past and other shit like what has what makes you really kind of appreciate the value for coaching so much 
Well, I kind of did both. Um, since, you know, I was, when I was training for my first marathon, I did it on my own and I was like, I was following my training plan, but also like if somebody invited me for a run, I was going for a run or maybe like my, my plan said that day, I'm going to run six miles. And I was like, that's not a lot of miles. I feel good. I'm going to flip it around. I'm going to run nine. Um, or, you know, Hey, I'm supposed to run only two miles today. And I'm like, well, but somebody invited me to go run five, you know, so I'm going to just run five. And so I was kind of a little bit reckless and I did get injured. And then um, also when it, I think the world, the world of ultras kind of intimidated me because for marathons, I was like, eh, like I'll figure it out on my own. But then for ultras, I thought, okay, there's like a whole specific thing of like fueling and like aid stations. And it's just a, a much, it's a different world. I feel like than like road races where like, I think you not that like everybody runs marathons, but there's quite a bit of people like that you can meet, like if you go to the running store or something like that, that run half marathons, run full marathons. And there wasn't many people that I know that run ultras. And I was thinking like, you know, I'd I'd love to run like a hundred miler one day. And I think that it just really intimidated me. It scared the crap out of me. And I thought I need some help with this. I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't know how to find like, you know, a training plan. Cause you could go on Google Pinterest and find any type of like marathon training plan, um, or even up to like a 50 K training plan. Right. And after, and after that, it was like, what the hell do I do? <laughs> um, you yeah, know, I'm reading and I see mess. everybody, I see everybody does back-to-back long runs. Okay. I will do back-to-back long runs. Yep. So whatever my marathon training plan says, I'm supposed to do this Saturday. I'm just going to repeat it again on Sunday. But I was like, I have no idea what I'm doing. And then seeing my friend completely crush his hundred miler and he was already an, an absolute like wonderful runner. But um, seeing that he, he worked with a coach, I thought that's what I need. I need a coach. I need help. And it has to be this guy because he does all of the things that I want to do. And I see how well that he, you know, how much he helped my friend. And I could see um, just working with you, how much having a nutrition coach helped me recover, feel so much better. I mean, in my time from CIM to Santa Rosa was only like, maybe like a minute faster, not like a ton faster, but the difference yeah. was after Santa Rosa, it literally took me three weeks to recover. <laughs> I well, felt like shit. And I mean, it took me like a week, <laughs> it took me like a week to even just like see a normal color again. You I and I so also tired. gave like straight up explicit instructions on CIM to like not try to crush yourself because you were trying to run some the, the tower thing like a week later. Like yeah. A couple <laughs> weeks later. Yeah. hundred percent. No, I remember you like got slightly faster and didn't yeah but I was like I felt fantastic like I left and I was able to like I was like I could go out and run the next day it was fine you know I I came home I was able to eat like I was able to drink I was like oh my pee is a normal color that's a good sign um you know I mean we can you mentioned you have an awesome and like yeah I know that but um I'll weigh in a little bit on my end in a second but like what other, what challenges has that posed you a little bit? Because I know for me, planning for you, it's definitely, it takes some things off the table, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, I have a pretty what limited. What does that do for you? <laughs> I have a pretty limited diet since I can't have like thing, like nuts, seeds, um, things with skins, peels. So a lot of like your mm-hmm. traditional things like, um, you know, like 
um, nuts or dried fruit or, um, you know, salads, I miss salads, um, salad, you know, or beans or things like that. And I don't eat, um, I don't eat red meat and I don't have dairy. So it's like, okay, so like no cheeses, um, things like that. I have celiac too. So it's like, you can't have gluten. So it's just so, so much limitations as far as diet goes. Um, and then trying to eat on the run too is difficult because you don't have a full digestive system. So whatever you eat is going to pretty much yeah. quickly come back out. Um, and as I'm over here laughing and I feel like it makes me sound like an asshole. No, just, no. I, I'm so used to, I'm so used to working with you that all of this kind of feels normal now. Whereas like six months, like I haven't heard this list in like six months. And I remember the first time hearing like, oh shit, this is going to be fun. Like this yeah, is right. going to be how a thing I have how, to figure out. How do you figure okay. out what to eat? And so it's yeah. like, you know, I have a pretty, I, I eat the same things over and over, but you're trying to run. And as most runners know, like, Hey, you're running a lot of miles. Your, st- your stomach's going to get going and you're going to need to take a bathroom break. But it's like, okay, you have an ostomy. The great thing is I can shit and run at the same time. It's again. <laughs> I just keep going. I don't have to stop. Um, but eventually then it's like, then the bag does fill up. You need to stop and empty it. And if you don't, which I've also experienced, if you don't stop and empty it, it'll come off. It'll, it'll decide it's going to empty one way or another, um, which is not pleasant. So it's better to take control of that. Um, and which is a lot of the reason why I was like, I just not going to eat. I'm not going to drink while I'm running. Then I don't have to worry about that. Uh, especially because I live on an air force base. So at the time, all of my running, all of my training was here on base. It's not like on a trail where you're like, let me step off to the side and go to the bathroom or empty my bag. It's like, you're running in the middle of an air force base. If you you stop to pull your pants down and squat, you're probably on someone's camera. You're probably going to get in trouble or get arrested or something like that. So you're like, I just don't stop. And I don't use the bathroom and I don't want to worry about that. Also, because I have an ostomy, I get dehydrated more easily than the, like the average person. So hydration is like a really, really um, big issue. And um, I kind of have like a chronic, like almost dehydration problem. So I have to constantly be worried about hydrating and, you know, I drink, you know, over a gallon of water a day, carry my, my giant jug with me all the time. And so far as running, like I said, after I ran my first marathon where it took me like three weeks to recover, um, I came out of that so extremely dehydrated. Um, And so I wanted, when I worked with you, I noticed like, wow. I never really thought about like thinking like, how long am I going to be running? What is my sweat rate? What is the weather like? You know, all these things that you were talking about. And so it was like, I, when I put all this together and you were like, Hey, this is how much you should be drinking for this amount of time for CIM. It was like, wow, I came out and I don't feel like I'm going to die. Um, and that just made a huge difference. And so I was like, I, I need to continue this. And as I head into, you know, these ultras and my biggest race ever. I, I need some help here. I need to figure out how do I do this? You know, obviously you're running part of it is for your health and your enjoyment, but you're also like, I'm not trying to kill myself or destroy my health by doing something that I enjoy doing. Um, so how do I protect that part? Um, and obviously that's going with somebody who knows what they're the fuck they're talking about, which is (laughs) not me. I, (laughs) I appreciate that. Yeah. I mean, we can, we can own that sports aren't healthy, right? Like, and this is kind of across the board. It's, they're, they're great for your mental health. They're fun. They're a great thing to do with your time. Like training for them can be very healthy, but like running a fucking ultra is not healthy for you. It's just not like, it's the same with football. It's not like it's, I've played all these sports and they're not, they're ridiculous. Um, that doesn't mean they're not worth doing. They're ridiculous in a way I like really appreciate, but like doing sports is hard on your body and 
you can really hurt yourself in multiple ways. And like football is concussions, like same with MMA, like running is rhabdo. Like you can, if you run ultras, you can get rhabdo and like other crazy shit. So I appreciate that. Cause yeah, you are, it's harder for you, right? Like you're one of the few, you came, you came to me kind of this way. Like you were already like what we call fat adapted because you run, um, I mean, one, you're a female, like if you up, and then two, you run somewhat faster for quite a while. Yeah. Um, but if that weren't the case, like we almost would have had to like put you through some of our protocol to get there. You're one of the few people where I think that would like been deeply helpful, like who isn't a professional runner. Cause I mean, by the numbers, we underfueled you, right? Like we talked about like how fast you go and you should have been this many grams of carbohydrate per hour. We never hit that, like not even close, um, but we hit an amount and you crushed it. So like you're finding, we need to find some strategies and it was, it was a lot of trial and error. Like, yeah. You leverage tailwind heavily, but not as much as you should and like bananas and what else we find that worked? Like yeah and that, i mean that's what people are like oh like what kind of stuff did you eat you know my sister over the weekend just did a 12-hour treadmill run and i mean like she had like she was i said when are you gonna eat and she's like oh just whatever i have in my house like i kind of got some tortillas so maybe i'll make some quesadillas or maybe some peanut butter. like i was like well what do you normally eat she's like oh i just normally eat whatever i got around maybe i got some you know like fruit snacks or you know maybe i have like a like a leftover baked potato from dinner last night and sure. I thought, oh my gosh, like, does that normal people just say like, oh, whatever I feel like eating that day or whatnot. And here I'm like, okay, I need to have bananas and I need to have this many bananas. Oh my gosh, a kid ate my bananas. I'm going to kill them. Now I got to walk to the store because I'm short two bananas, you know, and it's a pretty known fact now in this house, you cannot <laughs> touch a banana unless you check with mom to see if she's going to need those bananas. Um, yeah. Training, especially during my peak week, I may have gotten like a little bit like you know, almost like bridezilla type about my bananas, about uh, bananas. And it was like pretty well known at that point, like with my kids, like mom is training, mom needs yeah. bananas because that was really the, and still, I think that's really the only solid food that I, that I eat while I'm running other yeah, than that, right. pretty much everything is liquid calories other than the bananas, which worked really well. I was able to digest them. And we tried other shit to be clear. Like it was, yeah. li yeah. it was liquid calories, goo and bananas. We tried other shit and it did not, it did not yeah, I fly. Um, I remember how excited I was for like pretzels and chips. And then it was like, oh no, I'm not excited for those anymore. Cause it oh, went so bad, but well. yeah. it was like bananas work really well. And so my kids were like, yeah, mom's bananas. But my husband was gone in deployment and he came home and was like, hey, cool, there's bananas. Let's share bananas with all the children while mom has gone on her long run. And it was like, no, it's back-to-back -back long runs. I have another long run tomorrow. I still yeah. needed those bananas for tomorrow. Um, so now it's known like in the Santos house, like if you see a banana, like it's mom's banana and you ask her if you can have one of her bananas, like, you know, <laughs> because she needs uh, the bananas. Yeah, <laughs> no, Limited they, choices. <laughs> very, very key part to your training. Um, on that note, like, I wanted to get back to a couple of fun things after after this, but like if, looking at your training to for someone to go from like where you were to where you ended up recently, how how on point were you with your training? How much did you miss? Like I saw your training every week. Um, Oscar and I have very similar philosophies. Like clearly, uh, it was it was like oh I would have written that yay, <laughs> and then it's day easy. Um, but how many how many did you miss? Did you have to miss many? Did you do a bunch of extra shit 
that either of us like didn't direct you to do? Like, did you do lifting and cross training sessions? Like what, what did this look like? How close, closely adhered did you have to be? Like, how was all that? So number one, I did absolutely nothing that I was not supposed to do. I would just, I'm going to just put that out there because Oscar was very strict from the beginning that if he takes me on that it's, he's not going to waste his time. He only works with a couple of people. You know, he's got a full-time job. He's a husband. He's a father. He's training other athletes. He's training himself, you know, for his goals. And if he's going to sit and take the time to write me a training plan, like I, I got to fucking do it the way he writes it. So, you know, he was like, I don't want to hear an excuse about it's raining. It's windy outside. It's cold. He was, he's, what did he say? He said, um, you can use the weather as an excuse where you show me the box on your registration for your race where you pick the weather that you want. <laughs> and if that's not there, if you can't select the weather that you want on your race day, then you know what? You're gonna train in whatever you train in, which yeah. was not a problem. I don't mind running in, in the rain or things like that, um, whatever. Um, but you know, other than like, you know, like a kid emergency or a family emergency, there really shouldn't be an excuse why you miss a run and he wasn't going to tolerate me missing runs or whatnot um other unless i had like a really good reason and so i i wanted to say i did 100 percent of the training but i missed one run in the entire training plan it was in my taper week i had like a two mile run and my hip cramped up yep. and i wanted to go run i even like was walking Ooh. And I took a video of me jogging to send it to him to be like, hey, is this okay? Even though I'm limping. And he was like, you're tapering. He was like, it doesn't matter. It's not worth it to try to run. So I'd say like so, I did 99.9%, .9%, but I didn't do anything extra that I wasn't supposed to do, which was hard at first where it was like, you know, I have all these friends that are doing these things. They're going, you know, to doing adventures. They're going to Mount Diablo or they're doing a fun run. And I have to say no. I have to yeah. say no because it doesn't fit in my training plan. Um, and after 100 and i mean that's really the one right like that, was, that was the that was the hard thing is because that's what i didn't do before where it'd be like this is my training plan and i maybe i already did my run for the day but then my friend Perfect. is like hey we're gonna go do this as a group and i'm like sure i'll go along with that too and he was very strict in the beginning and letting me know like you're not going to do extra stuff and you may not get to run with your friends right now or maybe your friends are going to go run, but it doesn't match up with what you need to do. Or maybe you need to run a certain pace, or maybe you need to run in a certain area and they're not going to do that. And you have to focus on your goals and what you need to run. And, you know, maybe that this friend runs a little bit too fast for you and you're supposed to have an easy run day. Well, you know what? That's probably not going to be the person you want to run with because you're going to be pushed to do something that you're not supposed to do today. Um, and that was really hard, hard at first, but, um, once I started seeing progress through training and seeing like how I was getting so much stronger, so much faster, I was able to do things that I didn't even know that I was capable of doing. Then it was a little bit easier to be like, okay, let me trust the process. Let me just go along with it. Um, Cause I know like in the first couple of weeks, like he just drastically cut my miles. Like, what? what do you mean? Where I was like, you know, I was running oh, yeah. like, you know, like 50, 60 miles a week. And suddenly he's got me running like 25 miles. And I With thought track workouts, which is not your favorite thing in the world. Time. No, but I was like 25 miles. I can, I can run that in a single long run. I'm only gonna run 25 miles in the entire week. What the heck? How am I going to run a 50 miler if I'm only running this many miles? 
And he really kind of had me cut down my miles and what do you say, cut out the junk miles where I was just yep. run, running miles to run miles and really focus on like having workouts within my runs where, yeah, I was going to the track, which I had never done before. I was doing tempo runs, which I'd never done before. I was doing hill repeats, which I wasn't familiar with, where it was like, and maybe only you're only doing a 45 minute workout, but you're kicking my ass in the 45 minutes. And honestly, yeah. and I, like I have don't want to go run again later i'm tired <laughs> and like i want to put a frame in on that as well for anybody listening to this like two two things to put that in space one you were you had a really good base right so like you've been running low and slow forever like you actually yeah. had like you, <laughs> you and i are the opposite people right like i i'm fairly quick i'm fairly fast i have no aerobic base and i've been working on that forever you had that like aerobic function just solidly you were slow <laughs> like yeah. so he decided to make you really fast over a couple months and it clearly fucking worked because yeah like, we saw an air 50 and way too cool for that matter um two like you had this big goal and one thing i remember um when you first hired him i asked you like what his policies and stuff were and they were basically the same as mine like I want you to adhere to like 85 percent of the stuff i asked you to do and uh don't do extra shit because that's how you yeah. get hurt yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like cool he and I are gonna get along great this is yeah. okay and I like he and I never really talked but um like just it's always a thing where if you're coaching someone who's also being coached for somebody it's like I kind of want to see what they're doing and like just easy peasy like every all of his work has made a ton of sense and like this is this is the thing and for you it wasn't a just finish like you wanted to do well this race and that's what this is requirement was, right? Like that's yeah. kind of and not and not even this one. I mean, <laughs> I know when he asked me initially, he said, What is your goal? And I said, um, I would love to finish in under 12 hours. And then I said it's the shit out of that. <laughs> and then I said, it would be great if I could even finish in like eleven hours. And I thought I was maybe like being like too <laughs> like you know, adventurous, even with guessing that. And even before he even started training me, he had wrote like a goal based on like, yep. just looking at, you know, my history and whatnot. And he said that he thought I could finish between 1045 and 1130. And mm -hmm. then once we started working together and training, that goal kind of disappeared. And I never really saw like what he thought my predicted finish time would be. Um, and then until like the end of training and at the end of training, he said, I think you can finish in 10 hours. I think you could do a sub 10 hour finish. And I think you can get 10th place female. And he said, it wasn't that I wasn't, I didn't know that I wasn't capable, that I wasn't capable of that. He said, I was capable of it all along, but I just didn't know it. And then once he kind of put that idea in my head, I thought, oh my gosh, I could like get a 10th place female. I could finish in under 10 hours. And that became like the driving force of, of like going forward that that week into into the the race and then during the race um you know when I was there um and I was I hit like I think like mile when I hit that mile 40 which was going to be the last time I saw my crew and stuff my husband said Oscar says to tell you that you know the fifth and the sixth girl look like crap you're in seventh place that you could take them you could finish in fifth place and I thought I keep finishing fifth place. Like already I was like, I'm in seventh. That's better than anything I anticipated. And then he's like, no, Oscar says your goal now is fifth, that you could finish in fifth and that those girls look bad. And right then, you know, like, that's kind of like that motivating, like, oh my gosh, you know, he's, he's like, you come in, you're looking fresh, you look good. And honestly, when I hit mile 40, I felt like I had brand new legs. 
I felt better at mile 40 than I did at mile 10. Where I were felt- you on your like nutrition on that? Like how easily were you able to follow all of that? And like, what, how I did stuck- the race go? Like, let's, check, let's, let's kind of yeah. dive into AR50 before we get timed out on Zoom again. So um, we have plenty of time. It hasn't given yeah. me like 10 minute warning yet. But as far as like AR50, how did that go? Um, both the running and the, the nutrition, um, dive into a little bit. We can talk about anything from like toenails to meat grinders to like tips for pacers. Like, I'd love to hear any of that. Like, what did, how did the race go? What did you follow? What were you maybe not able to do? And like, how did, what did we get? So we put together a really solid uh, fueling plan, um, which was gonna be, so the way the AR50 is set up is um, you run about the first half um, before you get to see anyone. So it was like right, before like mile 28 ish, which was going to be the first time you get to see like your crew or you could pick up a pace or anything like that. There and are like aid stations until then. Yeah, there's aid stations in between there, but that was going to be kind of like, for me, that was kind of like the ch- checkpoint type thing where, um, so my goal was I was going to run with a pack and um, based off like CIM, I knew that if I filled um, a bladder with water, that it would last me about four and a half hours, which I was looking to hit that first half in about four and a half hours or so. Yep. And that um, matched your, your matched your hydration needs pretty well too. Like yeah. you you mm-hmm. got you get you got fairly blessed with weather, right? Like we were, it's right in that border where we were kind of worried it was going to get hotter, and then it it wasn't. So like that nailed. Uh, it was warmer right? than I anticipated, but it wasn't too bad. It was like it was like seventy nine that day. Yeah, but like two weekends was- prior, you were on your final long run, and you and another athlete I had running got their asses kicked because it was like ninety. Yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't that. Yeah. Yeah. And especially because I, I normally run at like four in the morning. So I'm used to like 40 degrees and I'm wearing gloves and it's, and it's windy and it's dark. And it's like, now all of a sudden I'm running and it's sunny and I'm sweating. And so, you know, the last couple of weeks, Oscar had me do some kind of like heat adaption training where I had to run in the middle of the day and it sucked. Cause I was like, I don't want to run right now. I'm, I should be done with my run. I like to get my run done first thing in the morning. Then it's not hanging over me. I'm done. I don't have to try to fit it in around kids' schedules and appointments and things. Um, but I, obviously it was necessary. Um, and I needed to do that. Um, and it worked and it worked out well on race day, because even though when I did start yeah. to feel a little bit hot, I was like, dang, it's hot. And then I was like, uh, I sat in the sauna for 45 minutes. So this is not that bad. Um, you know, like it brought me me back. I was like, ah, it's not as bad as that. But yeah, on race day, I, um, I had a full bladder of water, which my plan was to drink that entire bladder of water. And then when I saw my crew at that halfway point to refill the bladder of water. Um, and then I also had my tailwind in a flask mixed. And my plan was to finish that entire, uh, flask of tailwind, uh, measured out the way that we had come together, which was one and a half scoops per hour, um, Mm -hmm. based on like the amount of calories that I was able to tolerate that we figured out during training. And like you said, we never got to the amount of calories that we wanted me to be be able to intake, but that kind of seemed to be like the point where it was like, Hey, this is as close as we can get without upsetting her stomach. Yeah. And we Um, got really close to like end of the, just for everybody else listening you know this but like for we got really close so like like i would have really liked to target the basic 250 right i mean i would have liked more if you brought it you're really fast right so like we had talked about ideally we'll go even even higher never got even close to that we did probably get over 200 though because of your bananas so yes that's what i was gonna say (laughs) and my bananas yeah my lovely bananas which uh are still like a big staple in my diet i just love bananas 
But we I also had, leveraged Goo a little bit. Am I wrong? Yes. Yes. Towards, cool. towards the end. So for the first half, I had a flask of tailwind, my uh, bladder of water, and I had half a banana every hour. And then when I got to that halfway point, I refilled my bladder. Um, and I actually had a little bit of stomach issues during the race. And a lot of it comes from um, that first half. I was a little bit nervous and I was definitely mm -hmm. pounding my tailwind maybe a little bit quicker than I, yeah. I normally should just because I was nervous and I was like, don't want to fall behind, don't want to fall behind. Um, and that first half took me longer than I anticipated because it was kind of marketed as like the first half is a road marathon and it's all flat and on roads. And then the second half is a trail marathon. Yeah. And that's kind of where it gets difficult. Well, there was definitely some more trail sections in the first half that I didn't anticipate where we, yeah, we started on the road and then it was like a little trail and it was like, oh, where did this come from? Then it was like, okay, you're back on the road. Then it was like some trails and it was some like little decent climbs in there. And that slowed me down because I didn't anticipate that. So um, I was drinking a little bit faster and I ran out of water before I got to that halfway point. And then after the fact, when I thought about it, there was like 15 aid stations or something that I passed. I could have refilled the bladder of water. Did I think to do that? No, um, because I just was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to refill it when I see my crew. Okay. So I just ran without water for like four miles because I was like, well, I'm out. Even though I passed like, I think two or three aid stations during then. Didn't even think to stop like, hey, let's refill this water. And so my stomach started to cramp a little bit, probably because I was still intaking my calories, even though my stomach hurt, I knew I needed yeah. to keep in taking the calories, even though I didn't feel like eating, um, mm -hmm. because I was like, I'm going to need this later. And we had talked about that before that that's a yeah. lot. That's a big mistake that a lot of people make is they're like, oh, I don't feel good. So they completely stop eating or you stop drinking and then it just gets worse. And then you're like, well, now I feel like shit and my legs are gone. Um, and I, I knew yeah. I have a lot more hours to go. I have the whole second half of the race, which is going to be harder. Yep. Um, so even though my stomach hurts right now, I need to keep in taking these calories. So I kept eating my bananas. I kept drinking my tailwind. I got to that halfway point. I refilled my water. I picked up my second uh, flask of tailwind and I just continued with our plan of like, okay, sipping my tailwind every 10 minutes, washing it down with water, eating my half of a banana every hour. And then, um, by like mile 35, my stomach pain was gone. I felt better. And like I said, when I hit mile 40, I felt better than I did in the first half. I felt like I had brand new legs. I was pumped up. I was ready to go. I flew down into that aid station. I saw one of the girls that had passed me earlier was there. And I was in and out of that aid station so quick. I passed her on the way out, took off and never saw her again. Um, but when I got to that mile 40 aid station, my plan had been, um, at that point, I was going to drop my pack and I was going to pick up a handheld of water bottle that I could just refill at the aid stations if I needed to, which I did end up needing to refill it because it did get so much warmer. I refilled it like maybe two more times. And then at that point too was, okay, I'm done with the tailwind. I'm done with the bananas. I've done the things that we had talked about doing, stuck to my plan. And now I have my gels. And yep. I ended up taking um, two gels, I believe, in that last 10-ish miles. Um, I took one a couple of miles in and then another one before my final climb, because for the race, the final three miles are all uphill. So I took my final gel before that climb. Um, and then other than that, I had my, my handheld of water that I continued to drink and I refilled it at the last couple of aid stations, got a little bit more water. Um, and I actually, or, and I didn't stop at the last aid station because at that point, um, the fifth place girl, I had just passed her. And I thought, wow, this is mine. 
And then she, as soon as I passed her, she took off running after me and did not let up. I mean, she was so close behind me. I could hear her breathing. I could hear her feet. And I had a pacer for the last 10 miles who was amazing and just totally kicked my ass. Um, and she yeah. was like, we're not stopping at this last stage station. We're not, we are not stopping. We're not letting up because this girl wants this and she wants your spot. And I was like, I'm out of water. So she just was like, here's my water. I don't need it anymore. I got three miles left. I don't need this water here. So I drank all of my pacers water <laughs> on that final climb. And, um, I, and I, I was able to hold off that girl and get that fifth place spot. And the girl finished right after me, but she was right on my tail. So I had, I could not let up. I had to keep pushing and, um, and I, and I finished yeah fifth place female and I finished in the sub 10 hours and I was just ecstatic. And not only that, when I finished, I mean, don't get me wrong. I was tired of shit and I was, I was ready to be done running. I wasn't like, Hey, let me go for an extra run. But if the race had been longer, I could have kept going. Like I wasn't about to die. I was tired, but I, my legs, my legs still worked. Whereas I've had a lot of runs towards the end where your, your hips, your legs lock up and it doesn't matter how fast you want to move. Your legs just will not move anymore. And I never got to that point. And I credit a lot of that to obviously my training and preparing my body, but my hydration and my nutrition was on point and exactly what I needed. And if I had needed to go farther, I could have afterwards, nothing hurt. I didn't have any injuries. I mean, I was sore. I was tired. I felt like how you should after a long run, but honestly, I had been more sore and more tired after some of my training runs. Um, and I didn't get a single blister. Uh, my pee was normal. It was fine. Um, it didn't take me that long to recover. I was able to go out and run again a couple miles the next day, kind of just shake the legs out. And honestly, like within a week, I was, I felt like I didn't even run. Um, so I recovered super well and felt really good. Really the only, the only problem I had was I had really bad chafing issues and I have like a lot of scars from that now. Um, and I, and yeah. I did lube up and use all the things, but I'll equate that to just because it was so freaking hot. I was just pouring ice down my shirt or pouring ice down my back and just, yeah. you know, dumping water over my head. And I think the combination of like the salty sweat and the friction of the yeah. clothes and rinsing everything off, it was just, it, it was what it was. And hundred percent. And I mean, just in case anybody, again, Leslie hasn't pieced it together. Like if you have a bag on you when you're running that, like it just fucking sucks. Like it's going to kind of, it just rubs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, and then I wear, I wear an ostomy belt, especially two for the long runs to just kind of secure my bag around me. So like if I start to sweat and things like that, it, and the adhesive starts to give away, you just have that extra yeah. reinforcement to keep the bag on, but also means you're wearing a belt while you're running. And that belt is just going to rub and rub and rub. And yeah. It did. And I had like huge, a huge open sores, like on my sides from it rubbing. But yeah. now every time I look at those scars, I'll just remember my race. Right. <laughs> you crushed the hell out of it for sure. I mean, I, I said this prior to hitting record, but like you are, you have a lot of talent for this sport and it is a pleasure to watch someone who finds their talent in the thing or finds their thing and then go crushes it. And I think you're going to go really far in the ultra world. And on that note, like we have, seven minutes before Zoom kicks us off. What is, what do you, what's the future for you? Like you really, I think people should keep an eye out on you. Uh, what's next? Where are you going next? Um, 
Well, this year I'm running um, CIM again that I ran last year. So um, there was some other races that I wanted to do this year, but, you know, it's kind of hard with, you know, time commitments and family and, you know, there's so many races and there's so many things that I want to do. <laughs> But I can't, I can't do everything. I have yeah. to pick and choose. And so it was kind of like, oh, do I want to try to run a hundred miler in the fall? But I'm also already signed up for this marathon that I want to run. And it was like, you know what? I probably need to decide which one I want to do because they're a month apart. And mm -hmm. it's a little bit different training to train for a road marathon than it would to be to train for a hundred miles on trail. Absolutely. Uh, and so I was like, you know what? Let me go with the marathon because I've already paid for that. I'm already <laughs> registered easy. So, um, that's what I'm doing the rest of this year. Um, I'm kind of taking the summer off from any like official races to just kind of like do some of those social runs, keep up on, um, Good. my training, um, try to maintain my fitness level, really focus on my strength work and getting stronger and, uh, get to do some like fun adventure type things yeah. with some of my friends and running, um, so kind of have a little bit of that flexibility. Uh, before I hunker down to kind of go back into my next training block um, to train for this road marathon. And then I'm looking at next year, I'm looking at trying to do uh, my first 100K and uh, oh, yeah. my first 100 miler. So I'm, I'm sure we'll be working together again for those to try to figure out, okay, well, we figured out nutrition and hydration for a 50 miler. Now, uh, how do we figure <laughs> out training, you know, fueling and hydration for double that? Um. Big joy. I, your pleasure to work with. I'd be super down um, in a heartbeat. If we're looking at, yeah, a couple things, which 100K and 100 milers are you looking at? Any in particular? Yeah. Um, so I'm looking at Miwok 100K, which it was just this past weekend over here in the Marine cool. Headlands. And so I'm waiting for them to open up registration for 2023. Um, and then uh, Rio de Lago, 100 miler. Cool. which is in November and that um, is put on by the same people as Way Too Cool and AR50. Yeah. Um, and it covers a lot of the same course as both of those. So I'm a little bit more familiar with that. Um, and uh, I know quite a few people that have run those and have had really good experiences. So um, excited to kind of like join them and have more people that I can pick their brains about, you know, the race and, you know, I like doing local things too, um, because then all my kids, my husband, my family, they can participate and you know, they come to my races and they can be there at the finish line and cheer me on, which is a little bit harder when you have such a large family to try to travel other places. So if I did um, a race that was farther away, definitely my family wouldn't be able to come, which is kind of hard um, because you know, they're along, they're training there along with me, you know, I'm gone, you know, for my long runs on the weekends and, you know, they're picking up my slack or things like that. Or, you know, my kids will help me pack my vest or help me lay out my clothes. Or, you know, when I come back, help me set up my Epsom salt bass or help me foam roll or, you know, <laughs> my oldest good. daughter gets the scraper out and is helping me, <laughs> you know, while I'm, oh, I'm the laying there moaning or, you know, uh, you know, one of them pulled off my toenail for me. So it's like, you know, for them to go and be there at the finish line, you know, for all my hard work and be able to be there and celebrate with me. Um, that just makes it so much more special. Sure. I get that. Well, that's awesome. I'm stoked to see how you do. You trying to hit any benchmarks at CIM in the winter? Um, we'll, we'll see. I mean, obviously I want to improve on my time from, sure. from last year now that I've, you know, kind of had, uh, you know, more clear training and things like that. So that would be my, be my goal. Um, probably my number one goal right now is to improve on my time from last year and try to, you know, get a marathon PR. 
And I almost guarantee you'll get that. I'm pretty sure you can do it tomorrow and knock it out. You've gotten so much faster. It's been, yeah, like, I, I, just been, I like, think I can go right now and get a marathon PR. Yeah. So. Like your, your times have just fallen off a cliff. Like it's, it's awesome to watch. It's really cool. Awesome. Well, Brianna, <laughs> thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I'm going to hit stop record and hang out for one sec. Um, but thanks everybody for listening. And if you have any questions for me or want to get in touch with or anything for Brianna, let me know and I'll, uh, I'll get back to you. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the show. To be clear, I'm not a doctor nor a registered dietitian, and nothing you heard was medical advice. You should always speak with a qualified medical professional before making any changes to your training regimen. If you enjoy the podcast or found it useful, please take a couple seconds to give it a rating or share it with a friend. Every little bit helps. And if you want more of this information, please head to the Trail and Ultra Running Nutrition Group on Facebook. You'll be in good company with other like-minded people who like to do hard stuff outside.